0: This is Go Forth, a podcast about entrepreneurship and connection made by a sisterhood of
1: creative women. I'm Amanda, and I'm Amelia, and we're from Fourth Chicago. Today we're talking to Julie Schumacher. Julie is the copywriter and wordsmith at the helm of well-turned Words. She specializes in writing, editing, and storytelling. And in 2012, she founded Forth Chicago with Lisa Guillo and Kelly Allison to build a community of creative women entrepreneurs here in the Windy City. Since then, she's helped Forth craft its voice and amplify the voices of the women in our community.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today, Julie. We're really glad to have you. I want to start with just kind of a little bit of background about when you decided to make writing your full-time career and what that transition was like.
2: Um, it was not an intentional transition, and, but I feel like with hindsight, I've been able to like craft a narrative that makes it seem really thoughtful and logical. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I had spent 10 years teaching and loved it and loved working with middle schoolers and loved the school community that I was at, but felt at times that there were things that I wanted to try and other people that I could be. And when I was pregnant, the plan was to use my maternity leave to uh, learn how to code and to be kind of a secret employee for my husband, who's a front-end developer. And I did that for about one half of one hour and cried (laughs) through the whole thing and realized that it was a terrible decision, both professionally and for my sanity and for our marriage. Um, And I also at the time was battling postpartum depression, which is a a mental health condition that a lot of women experience after giving birth. And in the process of going through therapy to work through that, um, talked with my therapist a lot about how when you leave something that is your main identity behind and don't process it or don't plan for it, obviously there's a large gap to fill. And leaving teaching meant that the main identifier that I had proudly carried for so long was was missing. And so in working with her, we thought about things that I felt confident doing and that helped me feel like myself. When you're a new mom, you often feel like a lot of things except yourself. Uh, and writing had been the thing that I'd always loved. And so we used my maternity leave instead to build up a client base, launch a website, have me figure out what I was doing, and and launch a writing business.
0: And how does your past as a teacher, Inform your work now, or does it?
2: Oh, yeah, it it totally does. There are so many ways uh, that a small business owner are a lot like parents of middle schoolers. They're excited. They're proud. They're nervous. They're unsure of what's next. They want to make sure their kid or their business is going to be okay. And so, coming into projects with a lot of empathy for all that a small business owner is investing in this this creation um, is something that I try to do with, with parents. Um, I think being able to sit in hard conversations and and get feedback and, and think about how to do things differently is something that as a teacher came into play every day, whether thinking about my own practice or about kids and their relationships. And yeah, I would say every day, some aspect of who I was as a teacher comes into my writing and my work with clients.
0: Was there a first or early project that stands out in your mind as a big moment or a milestone for you?
2: One of the first projects I got that wasn't through a previous relationship was with Lisa, one of the other co-founders of Fourth. She was the first person who hired me without having known me as a teacher. And I met her at a book launch, uh, and we started chatting and, and connected, and she reached out to me about a project. And I remember I was in... California visiting my sister when she reached out and I lost my mind. I was like I might actually get paid to write. This is amazing and it's not someone doing me a favor. Um and that was a really proud moment too because I felt like I was like a tiny little proof of concept. And from there I started saying I am a writer versus I am a writer. Like I didn't up talk mm-hmm. it anymore. Um and that was a big moment.
0: Yeah. Was there a moment where you felt like you, quote, made it with your business, whatever that might mean?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. I feel like as someone who considers myself more of like a lifestyle entrepreneur, like I'm in it and I do it so that we can have a life that makes sense for our family. I think it's when I could finally cover childcare with my income, um, my partner is very supportive and gave me a lot of time and space to figure things out. And so having the day I had enough to cover <laughs> the time we were you know, outsourcing care of our child, I was really proud and, and felt like I had accomplished something.
0: Can you talk about a time when you felt like you were in a huge rut or just unsure about going on and what you're doing and how you got past it? Yeah, I think for most
2: freelancers, there's kind of a a seasonality to your work, and then there's also kind of arcs of your work. So the first year, the first year or two, you spend panic and saying yes to everything. And then the second and third year, you start to be able to say no a little bit more. And then the fourth and fifth and sixth year, um, you get to start to kind of craft the client base that you want, Um, but there are plenty of times that I can think of where I let a freelance we call it the freelancer's reflex kick in, where you worry that the next project's never going to show up. And so you say yes to something that's just not a good fit or isn't the right pay or isn't the right project or isn't the right person to partner with. Um, and those happen, you know, at various moments in time. We had a, a, an incident, incident, that's not the right word, we had a moment last summer where all of our invoicing was overlapping in weird ways. And even though we could see that we had earned more than we, like we had reached all of our financial goals, none of the money was coming in and we were like living off of credit cards. And we were both, you know, Brett's been on his own for eight years. I've been out on my own for five years at that point. And to like not be able to pay our bills because the money was like there, but we couldn't reach it was really maddening.
0: So switching gears a little bit, tell us about the events that led up to creating 4th and what purpose that really serves in your life and business.
2: 4th came about from, I think, a real desire for getting together. And um, Lisa had reached out to me and had been reading some articles about kind of events that she saw happening and cool people doing cool things and was like, well, let's do something. And she also said she wanted to introduce me to this photographer she knew named Kelly. And we got together one afternoon at a co-working space and sat down and were like, what what could we make? And in the course of that afternoon, mapped out what was initially just the seasonal salons. So like, we'll try a get together with a small group of other women entrepreneurs and, and chat and see what happens. And so it was initially really thoughtfully plan to be small which I have a hard time letting things stay small Um, and what's interesting is Forth fulfills and fills a huge space in my life in terms of community in that when I was a teacher you had this this second home and the second family and when you're out on your own that doesn't exist as easily and you have to kind of more intentionally create it Um, and I didn't think about that and I didn't recognize the absence of that. In the same way that when I walked away from teaching, I didn't realize what the absence of that would mean for me as in my identity. I also didn't think about what the absence of community would mean. The absence of feeling like a part of something bigger. So it feels it fills a creative space, and then it also feels like it fills a community space.
0: So community has clearly always been important to you, but I think for a lot of people, they're just waking up to it. It seems more vital than ever to them. How has that become more urgent for you in recent months with everything that's been going on?
2: I think there's been an amplification of the conversations that were probably happening in lots of spaces. And I know in the last several years of our salons and our public events, we've been making a really intentional effort to be mindful about inclusion, inclusion and diversity. And I think that as the election unfolded and as the aftermath of the election unfolded and even the campaign and the vitriol and, and attitude towards a woman candidate, whether or not you want to vote for her or not, the the narrative around her as a woman was so heavy and gross and, and disheartening um, that at least for me, it's made me rethink a lot of aspects about the kinds of projects I take, the kinds of clients I will work with, the kinds of comments I will boldly make as a business owner that I would typically have only made as a person. Um, And so for a space like Fourth to acknowledge that all of us who founded it are ardent feminists, are politically inclined, um, but to step into that in a business position in a way in which we can carry forth a larger unified presence feels really critical both for each of us as women and then as for as a community of women
1: so what are small or large ways that you feel like you have carried that forth in the past few months
2: well again i think it's interesting cuz it's like a, on a personal level i our daughter is part of conversations about what it means to be an active citizen I help out with our Girl Scout troop and there's conversations there about active citizenry. Again, not trying to like inculcate any kindergartner with a particular political ideology beyond my own kindergartner. Um, But the idea that conversations have to be happening constantly and across all aspects of your life. So your, your professional life, your personal life. Um, So whether it's bumping into my daughter's kindergarten teacher at the women's March and having her see us hug and be like, we're both here. We're both here. We're showing up. We're doing this, having her dad be there. Um, And then professionally being unashamed about having a progressive viewpoint and and a feminist viewpoint and recognizing that might mean that there are certain projects that aren't good fits for me. And either the client, cannot hire me or I can choose to not be hired. Um, but there are, there are two, um, clients that had reached out just about kind of introductory conversations and that I opted to refer them elsewhere. Um, just from looking at the portfolio of work that they had done, we didn't align. They were working for causes that I couldn't in good conscience write for. So in the past, I probably would have been like, Oh, I'm booked up right now. And instead I was like, I'm sorry, these don't align with, My personal values. That's really hard to say. Yeah, but God, it felt good, you know.
0: (laughs) Amanda here. During my conversation with Julie, I was thinking about women in the spotlight who have really championed the idea of women creating community with one another, and Amy Poehler came to my mind. She says, As you navigate through the rest of your life, be open to collaboration. Other people and other people's ideas are often better than your own. Find a group of people who challenge and inspire you, spend a lot of time with them, and it will change your life. And now, more from Julie.
1: Fourth is about building communities for creative women entrepreneurs in Chicago. It's a very kind of specific group.
2: Of, <laughs> Lots of modifiers.
1: Yeah, it's a specific group of people. It brings together very like minded women. How do you make sure that community doesn't become an echo chamber for you?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think another piece of the most recent election has been the conversation of where and when do you build echo chambers and how do you prevent them Um, I think one of the interesting things is that very few of the women in our community came out of the gate into their current career paths from like the moment they finished whatever education or training they were doing and so in that space there's a multitude of backgrounds, people who come from corporate backgrounds, people who were stay-at-home spouses and launched a creative business after their kids were a little older, Um, people who knew they wanted to do the thing they're doing and, you know, have chugged along building it for a decade. And so I think if you're thoughtful about diversity from all angles, making sure you have people of different backgrounds, of different Success levels at different experience levels, people who are parents, people who are not parents, people who don't want to ever be parents, people who don't ever want to be married, um, people who are gay, straight, bi, all various elements of, like, identity, um, and then you ask big enough questions that people can answer them in a variety of ways, and then the hardest part, I think, is creating a space that can hold disagreement, um, and even within the four founders of 4th, there is disagreement and figuring out ways to honor it, figure out what, what is a thing we have to like dig into and fix. And what is something where we can say, we have such different perspectives on this, but I appreciate you sharing and want us to both be able to move forward.
0: What is it that makes you believe so wholeheartedly in community among business owners, but women specifically?
2: I think for business owners, if you run your own business or you're out on your own trying to craft a successful professional life, it's hard to get feedback. It's hard to know what you need to learn next. It's hard to find sympathy and empathy that the things that you're experiencing are universal or are unique and someone else might be able to offer a new perspective. And so to me the, the idea of community w- rules out that we're competing with each other and it becomes more instead about how do we all support each other? How do we have honest conversations? I think, especially within the community of women, a lot of us are parents or are thinking about being parents or have other, um, caretaking roles in our lives. And there is a complexity to living an integrated life between your business life in your personal life. And as a woman, business owner, as a wife, as a mom, and as a friend, and as a daughter, and all the roles that women play, very rarely are we able to have compartmentalization, especially if we are leading with a personal brand or a business built on our own talents, or our own sweat, or our own creative ideas. And so having a space to be like, this is hard, or this is awesome, Um, and have other people nod and hug you and tell you it's going to be okay or tell you you're doing a great job. I think it's really important, um, both in terms of building a business and in terms of staying sane and in terms of like having collegiality in the ways that you can Mm
1: -hmm. when you work for yourself.
0: What would you say to someone who is new to a career, new to a city, where do they start with building community?
2: I think the best place to start is with, and this is going to sound kind of trite, but the things you like. When I first moved to Los Angeles, um, after grad school, I knew one person. And the first thing I did was buy young professional season opera tickets, because I was like, this is cool, but I'm not an opera goer. And I went and was like, this is not me. And then I didn't go to any of the other performances. Um <laughs> So I think showing up where you would either like to see yourself grow or feel like you have something to offer and giving it a lot of time. When I first moved to Chicago, I knew two people and there was a Friday night and I called my sister and I was all upset because I didn't have plans. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anything to do. And she was like, so read a book, stay home. Like, that sounds awesome. And I had this moment of like, no one else is going to like care what I did that weekend. Like no one's going to, on Monday morning, no one's going to like pity me or judge me. So it was like, I just was like, okay, I can sit by myself and give it some time. Because I I feel like as the older you get and the less time you have to do all the things you want to do, you want to have the community around you be people you like find delicious and you relish. And, and if you constantly are going out and just being like, I will be best friends with everyone. Like that first week of college where you eat lunch with your entire hall and you all like move in a mass. And then you realize like, I like one of these people, but now you're all kind of like stuck together. Um, that it's okay to build community slowly and carefully and thoughtfully and to, to make it something where it's the people who make you awesomer and who you can help make awesome. And it might take more than like two weeks and that's
0: okay. Go forth is a project of fourth Chicago, a community focused on connecting creative entrepreneurial women through seasonal events, panels, workshops, and more.
1: Find show notes for this episode at fourth chicago.com podcast. And be sure to subscribe and iTunes to receive each interview as it's released. Thanks to Chicago band, tiny fireflies for the music, And until next time, find us on Facebook and Instagram at 4th Chicago.